Welcome to the AI-generated podcast. I'm your human host, Izzy. I'm a computer science and audio engineering student. And I'm your human host, Kelsey. I am a fashion design professor and fashion designer. And um, a, a watermark specialist. So you design the watermarks Dude, for photographers. That would be a sick job. I, you think I so? thought you were going to say the watermarks like on money, like on currency. Oh, Wouldn't like that security. Be cool? Yeah, like... security watermarks on checks. <laughs> Do you ever just like hold up your ID and just try to find all the little patterns on it? See, yeah, when I yeah when I was a kid, definitely. And then do you wonder how easy would it be to to replicate this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Good Girls is about. Like they counterfeit money and they get all those little details in there and they print on the uh, right paper and all of that. No, no, I no, they have that guy. The guy does it for them, and then they just. <laughs> No, they. I actually hate that they, show. I watched it for like money. a season, and I hate it. They print the money, and then they give it to the guy, and the guy does all of the dealings for them, and he takes all of the like earnings. The storyline in Good Girls is hard to handle. It's horrible. It's, like, it's horrid. Just not. There are more plot holes than like. A... <laughs> I don't know. So Which t- drove me... today, the, on, the biggest hold on the biggest hot the biggest plot hole in Good Girls that drove me absolutely off the wall was they had all this la- they had all this fake cash right mm-hmm. and their laundering scheme was to go to a stores and like buy stuff with the fake cash and then return it and get the real cash back yes yeah and then i was like what do you guys think money laundering is money laundering is turning cash into bank account not fake cash into a- what are you gonna do with all that cash now like the irs is gonna come right after you if you just show up with a bucket full of real cash <laughs> Okay, we're being held against our will by a multinational corporation who won't let us go until we've taught their AI American popular culture. On today's episode, in hopes of freeing ourselves, we have generated one scene from each of our previous topics from our whole the episode. finale. Yeah, end of season one. The AI generated podcast has been synchronously composed by a number of intelligent computer programs designed to mimic the tone of a data set of texts. This internet radio show seeks to harness this technology for meaningless tasks. The AI generated podcast. You know at the end of a fireworks show when they they like do all of them at once and you're like, yes. And at that point everyone's ears are starting to hurt and you're like, okay, I'm ready for this to be done now. <laughs> and then they at, that's the time when they decide to shoot them all off at the same time. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> that is what we're doing. And it just gives you that last burst of dopamine that like gets you like to be able to like walk home to the walk to the yeah. car and drive home before you like fall asleep. At our house, you can see. Okay, so the one year, the first year we lived in this house, we have this view over like an orchard. It's and we can kind of see into a couple different towns. Yeah. And the first year that we lived there on Fourth of July, we saw five towns fireworks five. displays at the same time. It was spectacular because you could see it on the horizon. <laughs> wow. And we got chairs and just watched it at the same time. That's so cool. The next year, we invited everyone over and we said, "Everyone, bring your stuff." And there were no fireworks. What? No towns. I don't know why. Maybe they shot them and they all chose different locations or something. Like they. That's crazy. Then we had to apologize to all the guests. It was funny. <laughs> funny now. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sure you still had a nice time. It was still a good time, but it was a little awkward. The <laughs> lack of the fireworks that we promised. You know what this is like? This finale episode, Kelsey, is the, you know, on Amazon Day where they have a bunch of like stuff in their warehouses that they need to clean out. So they just call it Amazon Day and mark everything at half price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is that episode. <laughs> so this is like all the little bits that we wanted to use during the season. And but some good bits. Some fresh bits. Some fresh bits, too. <laughs> so what's on the roster for today, Kelsey? You want to go over it? Should we just jump into it? Or do you want me to say what I've... Let's just do it. Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. All right. We've got one from the jokes. The very first episode, our, our episode zero. This was our, our, our trailer. Yes. <laughs> I think you should read this. So it's a joke. Why do white girls not travel in odd numbers? Because they can't even. <laughs> That's a good joke. Also, I have a feeling I made this up, but I can't be positive. I'm not even sure this sub exists. This joke is better told than read, but if someone tells it to you, you're still not even. <laughs> Edit. I would like to say that I came up with this joke, but I don't see it being in any top 10 jokes of 2016, so I'm pretty sure I didn't. Edit 2. There was a Reddit thread in early January that had a similar joke, but I don't see it here, and all of the comments are from January, so I'm pretty sure the joke is much older. I'm also pretty sure that I made up the punchline. <laughs> if someone can provide the source for me, I'd be forever grateful. Edit three. I'm not even sure where I heard this joke originally, but I saw it a few years ago on YouTube and re remembered it being hilarious. I'd heard it when I was about 10 and I'm 30 now. <laughs> it was a good age to remember the joke because it's a pretty old joke. Okay. Isn't that so weird how it went into the, into the Reddit thread? The, the Reddit thread. <laughs> and, and three edits. <laughs> And neither, none of the edits really said anything meaningful at all. No. <laughs> there was no reason to edit it. No. <laughs> That's a great joke, though, because they can't even. They can't even. <laughs> okay, so the next joke is a short one. Hey, guys, I've got a joke for you. Me. Sorry. <laughs> that joke. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That was all it I don't wrote. Think you're a joke, Kelsey. And it trailing text. It's so funny. <laughs> it's a good joke. Um, I have a few friends that are like really self-disparaging all the time. And obviously, I don't think that they need to be self-disparaging. But I do think it can be funny. <laughs> Definitely funny. All right. Okay. This is a bit from The Daily. You may remember our daily episode. New York Times. <laughs> One of the best ones. Show. It was a good episode, for sure. <laughs> this week, we have a bit of a cuter story than normal. It's about a nine-year-old girl who decided that she didn't want to be a cat anymore. And her family is going with her through it. And I think that's really important to share. <laughs> I've always kind of had a thing for animals. Like, I was born at the vet's office. And her name is Lynette Boot. <laughs> I was born at the vet's office. <laughs> and her mother, who was a nurse, was at work. My mom was at work, and my sister and my dad were at home with me. And I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good at all. And she was feeling sick, and they took her to the emergency room. And they said, oh, you have to come see this. So they brought me into the room where they had the kitties. And they had, like, a bowl with, like, the leftover food from the night before. And it was like one of the cats had eaten part of it. And it was like this weird green stuff. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is what's making her sick. And she was really drawn to the kitties. And she wanted to hold one. 
was like, aww. So they brought me one and I was holding it and it was so soft. And I was like, I want to keep doing that. And I was holding the other one and it was just like love at first sight. And she ended up falling asleep with one of the kittens in her arms. And then I was like, this feels so nice. I don't want to let go. And then I was like, oh, I have to let go. And then I was fine with letting go. And then I was like, can I keep them? And my dad was like, no, you can't keep them. And I was like, why not? And he said, because they have to go. And so she starts to cry. And then he's like, well, we can't have a cat anymore. And I'm like, why? And he said, because they're too expensive. And at first she was really upset about it. I had a hissy fit. Like, I was bawling. But her father (laughs) talked to her about it and he said, well, what would it mean if we just kept having them? Like, we have three cats already. Would that make a difference? If we just kept having them, then eventually we could get free ones. And so they decided they would just keep having more cats until they got a free one. (laughs) And now they have six. (laughs) I was in third grade when we got our seventh one, and we had to keep her. And this one, they named Pepper. She's a mix. She's part Persian, and she came with food. She came with a carrier, like a cat carrier. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't know what to do with it. So we set up a shelf in the garage. And it sounds like it was a really happy time in her life. It really was. (laughs) (laughs) They nailed the millennial voice on this one. I love this one. The daily AI is so funny when you give it a funny prompt. If you don't give it a prompt, it's just like, the Trump administration. The news, the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah. But if you give it a little bit of a prompt, it goes nuts. It's so cute. And it really tries to justify it. Like, what, what is going on here? The cats were making her sick, and then they were like, that's okay, we can just get more cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for Harry Potter, I just let it run, and it wrote... This. So I just I just let the Harry Potter AI run with no, no prompts. Prompt. And it and it wrote this. Lego has just released a new set of instructions for its popular Mindstorm Robotics kit. The set, <laughs> okay. known as Grey's Anatomy, is the result of a collaboration between two of the world's most famous wizards, the set designer, Victor Crumb, and the set's builder, Tom Riddle. <laughs> This is a real eye-catcher, says Ludo Bagman, who has just seen the finished product. I didn't really expect the human body to look this good in Lego. The instructions, known as Anatomy of a Wizard, come with a bonus. A top-secret bonus item known only to those who have finished the set. No! Right? (laughs) Those who have finished the set and can read the secrets of Albus Dumbledore will understand why this is a big deal. The bonus item is a real treasure and is being value added tax free. This means <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this means that muggles who have never even heard of Hogwarts can now benefit from the rise in the market price of this magical item which is now being sold for significantly more than the set price of $299.99. A rise of over $100. This is a limited opportunity. Only those who have finished the set will be able to buy the bonus bat item for free, so don't miss out. <laughs> so let's be clear. This is an infomercial for a Lego version of Albus Dumbledore's penis. That is what they're selling right now. No, what? Where have you yes. gotten the penis? <laughs> the instructions known as Anatomy of the Wizard come with a bonus, a top secret bonus item known only to those who have finished the set. And then it's Elvis Dumbledore, who is like famously, I guess in the lore, like a gay man. Yeah. It's got to, it's 
The secrets of Albus Dumbledore. As, Come on now. It's known as Grey's Anatomy because he Come has on. gray hair. <laughs> that one is good. It's so strange. I love it so much. It's, it, it's out there, but it makes sense. Like it made a lot of sense. And it's Yeah. I think it's like I don't know. It's like uh it's like a Lego set from in the Harry Potter universe, right? So, like, if wizards were into Legos, what kind of Lego sets would they have? I thought it was, like, an advertisement for muggles. But it's designed by Victor Crumb and Tom Riddle, but I guess we can't. So it's set, okay, so it's set in the Hogwarts world. It's set in the wizarding world. for I, mu- But it's advertising for I, muggles, I but it's, it's in the world. I think it's saying that, like, you could even buy this for muggles. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's pretty hard to parse. It's a good ad though. I, I it's would a good it. ad. I would would buy. Um, I'm in fact waiting for this set to come out. Lego, get yeah. at us. Um, use code. <laughs> use code AI generated pod for no. We do not have a deal what? with Lego. <laughs> oh, that would be a great sponsorship though. We should try to get that in the cards here. Get at us. Jurassic Park. All right. This next one is the one from our Jurassic Park AI. There is no friendship like that between mouse and triceratops. The mouse is there to exploit the triceratops. The triceratops is there to exploit the mouse. There's no friendship at all. But, but, it's true, Regis said. The mouse and the triceratops are not friends. They're eating each other. But, but, that's right, he said. And that's part of why they can coexist. The Triceratops is so much larger that it can pick off any vermin that might get past the mouse. The mouse isn't smart enough to run away, and so it can't outrun the Triceratops. And the Triceratops is so big and powerful that it can kill the mouse, and it has learned to eat the mouse carcass because it contains minerals to prepare its own bones. So the mouse is actually a very useful food for the Triceratops. The Triceratops doesn't have to waste its energy trying to avoid the mouse. But, but, <laughs> I know what just said. It's a pretty crazy idea. It's a pretty crazy idea. <laughs> so the Triceratops and the mouse are in a symbiotic, exploitative relationship. Is that what I'm yeah, understanding? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're frenemies. <laughs> they're friend. Okay, but they like, they both need each other, but they both exploit each other. Yeah, so the Triceratops eats the mice and gets minerals to repair its own bones in that universe. But I don't know okay. what the mouse gets out of it. So maybe it's just one way. <laughs> it says that they're eating each other, but it doesn't describe how the mouse eats the triceratops. Eats the triceratops. That's maybe unclear. they take them down en masse. They get they swarm. <laughs> maybe they like clean they like clean the triceratops' oh. skin. This next bit is um one of the first AIs I made while I was tr- I was learning how to how to train them with the API um, was I'm, I'm a big fan of the hip hop artist Playboy Cardi, who is known for his energetic performances and has kind of absorbed, he's kind of absorbed a lot of the nineties and zeros punk culture. Hmm. So the sh- his shows are extremely wild. Anyway, have you I seen fed him the AI in concert? No, I, he came to Rochester and I, I had a final the next day and it, Killed me. I was like, "Wow!" I, uh, so responsible. So I, didn't go. I know. I but I should have because the final was easy and it would have been fine. But <laughs> I'm proud of you, though. <laughs> anyway, thank you. <laughs> I made the right decision. Anyway, I fed the AI all of Playboy Cardi's 
songs and asked us to write a new song, a new verse. And then I made a Playboy Cardi type beat and then I wrapped it over the beat. <laughs> and it's not good. <laughs> good, good. I just want to be clear. I spent half an hour on this and it's computer generated <laughs> lyrics. I just want to set expectations here. I'm excited. Told that bitch to come see me if she wanna buy it. I just got the Exodus deal, it's getting better. Too lit, ah, uh, can't nobody hold me down. Dance floor like an open bar, dance all night. Bitch, I'm on fire. I got the X, it getting brighter. Bitch, I'm on fire. I got the X, it getting brighter. I just shot the Buddha, put him in the trunk. Oh no, <laughs> they go oh my me. god. Yeah, just like a who? I just popped the X, ooh. I've been addicting. I just popped the X, yeah. I've been on the codeine. I just popped the X, yeah. I've been on the codeine. Bitch, I'm on fire. I got the X, it getting brighter. Bitch, I'm on fire. I got the X, it getting brighter. I just shot the Buddha, put him in the trunk. They gon' find me, yeah, just like a who. I just popped the X, ooh, yeah, I've been addicting. I just popped the X, yeah, I've been on the codeine. I just popped the X, yeah, I've been on the codeine. I've been talking to her for a minute, I think she mine. I've been talking to her for a minute, I think she mine. <laughs> it was great. I just shot the Buddha, put him in the trunk. I just shot the Buddha, I put him in the trunk. Um, I really liked the line that was like, Jessica who? Jessica who? <laughs> Just was like that a, one of the they, lines? <laughs> so yes, that part was what so killed funny. me was the, the AI was putting all the ad-libs in parentheses at the end. That was oh. what killed me. I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it doesn't know how to rhyme. Although the, the hook, I guess, rhymed. I'm on fire. I'm on X. It's getting brighter. It's, it kind of rhymes. It almost rhymes. I like all the drug names, all the list of drugs. <laughs> yes, I've been on the coding. <laughs> <laughs> I am very interested in AI-generated music, which yeah. there haven't really been any modern projects like in the last... This last 10 years has been kind of a, a renaissance for artificial intelligence work, and there haven't really been any AI music projects. OpenAI did a jukebox project Really? That was bad. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Why was it bad? It wasn't like as astonishing as GPT-3 is. Mm. You could say like, play me a Michael Jackson song in the style of Smash Mouth or something. And it would try It would try to put it together. But it sounded really smeared and weird and like blurry. <laughs> that's that's what AI art looks like. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild how clean... A lot of the text we get is and like how it, it makes sense a lot of the time and has complete sentences. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. The thing is, it's a it's a lot more data to create. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot more patterns to follow. So like with in the English language, you only have so many patterns to follow, like how mm. words follow each other. And also like the output of a one of these prompts is, you know, only like 10 kilobytes or something as opposed to the output of a music generation or something is like 20 megabytes or something. So the amount of decisions that it has to make is much, it's like a couple orders of magnitude higher, 
which means it's got to make more decisions, which means it's got to be smarter and know how to handle all those decisions. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with something as variable as music. Yeah. What we understand as music is not what the computer understands it Mm. as. Like the computer understands it as a signal with, it's basically an array of values Mm. that correspond to the amplitude and position of a bunch of sample points. And then our computer converts it to an analog signal, which is output through your headphones. The point being that like, like what we understand as like, what it would mean to make music, like sit down at a drum kit or like pick up a guitar or something, is very different than what a computer understands music as, which is trying to pick 10 million points in a waveform. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it likes the music? <laughs> the waveform music? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like I had to take a lot of creative liberties with that one because it was just generating lyrics. So I had to figure out how to squeeze all the syllables in. You know what I mean? Into the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there um, an AI rhythm generator you could have used? No. no. Not really. Nothing good. There's a number of AI-generated music composition projects from the old days, like the 90s. That was mm. the last time that AI was really big. And they're interesting. They sound pretty good. But again, it's not making that many decisions. So like, it's just picking notes essentially and then that notes are played back on a piano do you know what i'm trying to say that's much different than actually generating the tone i'm using i'm using the generator i found and it's making a noise that's like (laughs) it's not i would not call it music (laughs) it's a rhythm (laughs) this one is like do 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 it's pretty good that one was better um, anyway, this is probably not interesting. I'd be really interested in working on an AI program that can understand sentiment, like what notes create what emotion. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there's a whole field of AI research d- dedicated to understanding what words, how words create sentiment. It's called sentiment analysis. Mm. But I'd be really interested in doing that for music, a sound too. Yeah, yeah, that would be fascinating. Anyway, the last segment for today is a bit that well, Kelsey, do you want to do you want to go over <laughs> the history of this bit cuz this has been dragged through this season, like just dragged <laughs> through the mud. I think this is one of the first ideas that we had was to try for the to show. for the yeah. show was to try to create an AI Michael Sarah and we tried, and we spent a lot of time. Michael Sarah, the actor who did Arrest and Development, and <laughs> they know just, yeah. they know who Michael Sarah is. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they? Um, Should they? <laughs> he's uh, he's Arrested Development's kid. He is. Um, we mentioned Man Baby Extraordinary. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we gathered all of Michael Sarah's interviews. Um, from kind of across time, most everything of, he's yeah. done that's public on the internet, basically. Yeah, that's him. That isn't like a character that he's playing. And we transcribed them, or we found written interviews, and we fed those into the AI, and we generated interview Michael Sarah. So it's well, the a- idea was to generate <laughs> Michael Sarah. We wanted a walking, talking 
I guess not walking. We wanted a talking Michael Sarah duplicate. Yeah, we, we wanted to pick. Yeah. We wanted to pick Michael Sarah's brain about a couple things in his life. <laughs> but because all we trained it on were like interviews, because that was all that was available. Um, that was all we got. It, now, see if we got access to all his personal texts and emails, then maybe we could do something more like what we wanted. So we should basically what we need to do is get him on and say, "Hi, can we this have all your emails?" The beginning and texts? of our campaign to gain yes. access to Michael Sarah's private Complete information. <laughs> yeah. We want his birth certificate. We want his social security number. And so, and so the the bit never worked. This is a lost episode. It wasn't episode. funny. It wasn't funny. Yeah. Yes. Because what we found was that interviewing Michael Sarah is boring and there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing to it except there was one prompt that we had that was funny. And it was the first prompt I think we ever listened to out of the AI together. Yeah, so we we also like didn't know what didn't the know AI what to was going to do. Yeah. 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 So it's, it, I like this bit though. So I like it too, yeah. but it wasn't enough for a full episode. So here it is. Hi. I like alternative music, and I like Nirvana. Those are things I like. My name is Charlie, and I like social interaction, and I like mac and cheese. Those are things that I like. Like is a funny word. So is mac and cheese. Exactly. I wasn't trying to use it as an expression of anything. I was just telling you what I ate in hopes you could paint a word picture with me, which I think is the improviser's job. Yeah, no, I got what you were doing. It was great. That's good to hear. Well, good night. Good night. Good morning. Good morning. Do you have any, like, crazy, scary dreams ever? Like, anything that really gets to you? No, I haven't really had anything like that. I mean, I've had countless, like, nightmare scenarios that start off with no buildup and just go to the worst place right away. Just like the worst nightmare thing that can happen, happens. But I don't know if I ever had, like, a full-on creepy, like, I don't know. Do you ever have those types of dreams? No, not really. It's not fun. No, it's not. And they're dark and troubling and unsettling. Sometimes I'll have these, like, short little jack-in-the-box nightmares that pop up completely unrelated to anything, but I'll have them for, like, a week. And what's the feeling that goes along with those? It's just this gauzy, sick feeling. I just don't want that. I'll have one every now and then. Like, when I was a young kid, I'd have this nightmare about a lion for a little while. It wasn't about the jungle. It was about a lion attacking me in a kitchen. And this is the scariest version of it, but more on the grown-up level. Like, the scariest thing I've ever had in my dreams is this recurring one, where kind of an idyllic location turns dark really quick. Then it's just like a regular nightmare. And that's always like bummer when I wake up. Like a second before I woke up, I was thinking about something really nice. Maybe that's my thing. Maybe I need some type of pleasant start so that I can have a more pleasant end. It's just nice to start something with a smile. Yeah. So there's been a couple of times, like in those nightmares, where there's like a really beautiful beach and the waves are lapping. Everyone's safe. And then, like, all of a sudden, something terrible happens, and it's just a nightmare. That's always kind of terrifying. In this episode, you have a scene with a dolphin. What was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. It was such a treat, and I've always wanted to work with an animal on camera. Sadly, I didn't have a pet because of the hotel thing where I live. But I never got to grow up having a dog, but I've had friends who had a dog and a cat, and the cat would just kind of sit there and do nothing. The dog was always really kind of on its A game, 
and it would be amazing to be in a scene with a dog. And dolphins, they're really smart. They're one of the smartest animals in the world. And they can also just kind of will themselves to die. They can just will their heart to stop beating. It's very scary. It was such a treat to work with this animal, and he was really nice. Sounds like he was well-trained. Yeah, he was great and wonderful to work with. The trainer was so good. He was just like the most impressive trainer I've ever seen. Seriously, the trainer was amazing. I watched him doing these tricks with the dolphins in the pool. It's amazing what he does. Oh, my God. That was pretty intense. What? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the part about the animal dying. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> that was so wild. And this was with no prompt. This was with high. What this a was roller high. coaster. It was all so dark. That's like the worst. This is what I'm saying. It's terrifying. No prompt. We only said hi to it. And this is where it went. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're not going to be able to publish everything that this thing comes up with. But I don't even think it's that. I don't even think that the Michael Sarah stuff that we fed in was like necessarily as dark as any of this. Like Michael Sarah can go like a little dark. All, yeah. But this thing is just like is just like twisted internally. You know, Michael Sarah never talked about dolphins willing themselves to die. That's all It's all this. this. And I keep coming back to the fact that like this was what is on the internet. Like this is what has been trained. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the content on the internet yeah. is not a is not a cross section of what people talk about in real life. You know, like there's way more dark, crazy yeah. stuff and you know, sex stuff. <laughs> yeah, the internet trends darker, and if you have learned to to speak only using the internet, you're gonna be kind of twisted. All right. Oh man. This, Are we done? This has been the AI generated podcast. I don't season know. Season one. Season one. So we're we're gonna, gonna like really low energy going into yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a break for two weeks, do we say? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So we'll take a two week break. We're we're stocking up on new episodes for everyone. And then we'll start it again in two weeks. Stay tuned, everyone. You can follow us at AI Generated Pod on all relevant platforms, and our email is the AI Generated Podcast at gmail.com. Um, send us emails. Send us emails. We want to read them. <laughs> we want to read your emails. Kelsey and I did the data collection for today's episode, and I did the processing and model training. I also produced the show and wrote the music. Ellie Baker and I designed the thumbnail. Thank you to all our guests across this whole season. You've all been so great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to all the people over at OpenAI working on GPT-3 for making the API we use on the show. And thank you, Michael Sarah. This show was Thanks, Michael Sarah. <laughs> unwillingly solicited by our corporate overlords at Dover Demon Incorporated.